Alright, let me see. Okay, let me get back to the story. Uh, I mean, the article. A Mirror for Artists. Um, I'll try to fix it up. Okay, under ideal circumstances, education can probably accomplish a great deal. And under the worst handicap, handicaps, it produces intangible results in which we can well afford to rejoice. However, again, we encounter the old difficulty. Education can do comparatively little to aid in the cause of arts, of the arts, as long as it must turn out graduates into an industrialized society which demands specialists specialties in vocational, technical, and scientific subjects. The humanities which could reasonably be expected to foster the arts have fought a losing battle since the issue between vocational and liberal education was raised in the 19th century or have kept their place by intimidating the techniques of their rivals so that one studies of one studies of biology of languages the chemistry of drama the evolution of a novel and the geographical strata or fossil form of literature and the fine arts that is they abdicate that that is they abdicate from function by which they were formed formerly available to affect the tone of society so far as they still maintain this function they still face a uh, dilemma either they will appear as decorative and useless to uh, and useless to a rising rising generation of who that poetry sells no bonds and music manages no factor factories and hence will be taken under duress or enjoyed by a pleasant commission to the softer and or feverless, frivolous, uh, frivolous side of life. Or the more successful they indoctrinate the student with their values, the more unhappy they will make for him for he will be spoiled for industrial tasks but being rendered insufficient he will not fit in the more refined and intelligent he becomes the more surely will he see in the material world 
a lack of image of nobility and beauty that the humanities include 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 in him include include it Kate include Kate in him uh, uh, southern accent oh reading these words Okay, the product of the humanic humanic education is an industrial in an industrial age is most likely to be an erotic no ex exotic okay is an exotic unrelated creature a disillusionist or a dally dal dilettant I have no idea what that word is D I L E T T A N T E is French so and sometimes with this accent ooh, French words get ooh. okay lastly there is uh the almost Overwhelming difficulty of communicating the humanities at all under systems of education, gigantic in their scope, that have become committed to industrial methods of administration. The entire re repulsive fabric of standard credit union. Units, scientific, uh, pedagogy, over organization. Yeah, kind of really is. Because I, the art degree I got is in humanities, and and yeah, I'm kind of am living in an industrial world that it's gonna be product, product, product. Because yeah, pretty much is. Okay, let me get back. Okay, the sign of these difficulties is found in the great confusion and argument that exists today in the education professional itself. Yeah, that's 1930. And, well, I've been a sub for eight years, so. And I've been, uh, tried to be, tried to get a school teacher, but it didn't work out. So, okay, let me get back. Oh, sorry, rabbit trail going. Uh, the I smelt something, or I did like the cartoon goes squirrel. Uh, maybe I'll start doing that. Okay, on the whole, on the whole, though we may allow that some in, institutions, uh, notably some colleges and university, are oasis hospitals hospitable to the arts, oasis that might become centers of leadership. The educational situations offers more cause of dis encouragement, discouragement than hope. As to art museums and other philanthropic schemes for promoting art, I do not speak against them in any denouncing 
denunciatory sense. Yet one cannot help but fear that they, too, only serve to emphasize the discrepancy between life and our art. Alone, they are hardly supply. They hardly supply the impulse which a thousands other influence are negating uh, neg- and dis- uh, destroying. It is futile. Uh-huh. Huh. Now I got the Star Trek in my head. It is futile that imagine. It is futile to imagine that the arts will penetrate. Yeah, penetrate our life in exact proportion to the number of art galleries, orchestras, and libraries that philanthropy may endow. Oh, big words. So the next sentence. Do not go go good together. Okay. Rather, it is possible that a multiple that a multiplication of art galleries uh, to take an separate example is to mark is a mark of a decrease, not a healthy civilization. If painting and sculptures are made for the purpose of being viewed in the carefully studied surrounding surroundings of an art gallery, they have certainly lost their intimate connection with life. What is a pitch uh, what is a picture for? If not to put on one's own wall. But the principle of art uh, the principle of the art gallery requires me to think that the picture has more occult quality in itself and if it's itself that can only be appreciated on a quiet, anonymous wall, utterly removed from the tumults of my private affairs. Okay. Some of that just went a little bit above my head. But it's interesting. Oh, well. I've been, like I said in a few past I've been with just people no harder than I uh, you know no intellect I mean sorry <laughs> okay let me get back okay the art gallery or art museum theory of art to which philanthropists and promoters would pursue persuade us to view art as a luxury quite beyond the reach of ordinary people. Yeah, it really does because the art pieces that I can do can be put in art museums and galleries, but you know, still being in rural Arkansas and unfound it yeah. Okay, let me digress. It's attempt to glorify the arts by setting them aside in spe- uh, spectacular cons- 
consecrated shrines, consecrated shrines can hardly supply more than a superficial guiding to a natural culture if the private direction of that culture is ugly and materialistic. Keith Sterling would say animalistic. Yeah, about that time in the 1930s. Yeah, some of it was. Oh, it's starting of cubism and modern. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Let me go back. Uh, it was talking about um, a group of people and, and that. Well, you got to think, during the Depression, they did have that. They called it the POW. Was it the POW? Uh, performing Arts something. It was a bunch of art people got together and uh, they would have communities and they would produce a lot of art. That was... Um, Who's all in there that I can remember? I know um, O'Keefe was in some of it. Um, in uh, Picasso, but Picasso, he was in Europe. If I remember most of my stuff, and then I think um, Frida was in there, and I think uh. Yeah, Frida was big about that time, too. And surrealism was uh, getting very big in the 30s. Besides the cubism that was doing the surrealism. Uh, okay, I digress. Um, I, okay, I'm going to stop right here before I go on with this uh, uh, article. Which looks like it's a big article. A beautiful artist. And he's trying to convince you. Whoa, it is big. I'm still looking at the pages. Okay. Oh, I got 30 more pages to go. Ooh, looks like 30 more pages to go. Okay, well, my name is Loretta Nash. Uh, you are listening to uh, the Loretta Nash Show or Laura's blog. I am reading out of I Will Take My Stand by 12 Southerners. And I'll be back in just a bit.